got me all wrong, baby My baby's already got all of my love So no, no, honey, I'm good I could have another, but I probably should not I got somebody at home And if I stay, I might not leave alone Uh-oh Canada's Pinball Podcast might know Stern's next title and Spooky Pinball's next title. I know they've done such a good job of keeping these titles a secret, but the secret might be out of the bag. And the last person any of these companies want to have in his possession, the title of their next game is Canada's Pinball Podcast. Will I spoil all of their hard work? Will I spoil the big reveal moment for these companies? Or will I let them, after years of working on these games, have the moment that they work so hard for? Is Canada going to be a hypocrite because he spoiled Hot Wheels well before Hot Wheels? Has he spoiled Toy Story? Nobody spoiled Toy Story or Guns N' Roses because we knew those titles were coming. So on episode 571 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I want to maybe give you some roundabout details about what I know of Stern's next game and Spooky Pinball's next game. Yes, I am hearing rumors. Now, these are rumors that are coming from a very reliable source, but now it all makes sense why each of these companies are making these titles. Now, what I can do and what I will do is I will debunk some of the rumors that have been out there in the world. So if you think this game is coming out and it's this theme, I will tell you some of the major, major themes that people are thinking it's going to be are not going to be what's coming out next from each of these companies. Are you confused by that? I'm somewhat confused by that as well. So happy to have you guys here. It's Saturday morning. I know I haven't done as many podcasts as I normally do. Work's been kind of crazy. Got a new boss, got a lot of new stuff going on. So I'm just trying to manage being a new father as well, trying to manage the pandemic, trying to keep my body in shape and trying to figure out how much Dogecoin do I need to buy to never work again. It's crazy. I just put a few thousand dollars in Dogecoin like a few months ago. And all of a sudden now, it's basically paying for my Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. It's stupid. This whole crypto thing. Look, I think Bitcoin is going to be a real thing and you should invest in it for the long term. But man, some of these daily gains on some of these altcoins are incredible. Incredible. If you're a gambling man, I highly suggest you get into some of this crypto madness because you could either be on the outside and complain about it or you could be on the inside and be cashing in. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now. If we all bought, and I mean all of us out there, if all of us out there a year ago, instead of buying a pinball machine, instead of buying Ninja Turtles, if we all bought Dogecoin one year ago, $1,000 in Dogecoin a year ago is now worth $60,000 this week for $1,000. So do the math and you tell me pinball is a good investment, but you can't look at life this way. You can't look at these investments this way. We have to enjoy life. So let's move on to pinball. I want to go through the news in the industry right now, and then I will get to some roundabout ways to talk about Spooky and Stern's next titles and next themes, okay? And here's the thing I'm going to say right now. These are juggernaut themes. One is obviously much bigger than the other, and you can guess which company has that one. And this is why I'm excited about the summer of pinball because there are some themes coming out that a lot of you are going to love. There are going to be games that are going to come out, and these are going to be more games in which they're going to sell out in one hour or two hours, and every one they make, they're going to be spoken for right away. And if you thought your money was safe, if you thought you were spending enough on pinball already, 
Trust me on this. You are going to have themes put out there that is probably going to try to get more of your money out of your wallet and into these pinball companies. And I also say this, all of these boutique companies that can't figure it out, it's game over. It is absolutely game over. There is no room anymore for these pinball companies that can't get their act together. You can't compete. It is going to be, as I predicted, this industry is dominated by Stern, by Jersey Jack, and Spooky Pinball. Everybody else is so far behind these companies in how you do it, in how you get it done, in how you execute, okay? So we're going to talk about these new titles, but I just want to say the three-horse race is really what's driving pinball right now. Everybody else, everybody else is just lagging behind. And I mean that. You're lagging behind American Pinball. You're lagging behind Chicago Gaming Company. You're lagging behind P3 Multimorphic. You're lagging behind Pinball Brothers, Dutch Pinball. Who else am I missing? The Punny Pinball Factory. Who else am I missing in this mix of games? So many people are lagging behind. Deep Root Pinball can't even get one game made. The joke just keeps even getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's a joke even to talk about Deep Root. They can't even get one machine out. All right, so let's start on one thing, and that is the Pinball Brothers have made some alien games, and on the Pinball Brothers Facebook page, they uploaded a video of six alien machines in a row ready to go to customers, which is great. So I want to say the fact that the Pinball Brothers are getting it done and making this game is a good thing, okay? I know that I've had my critiques about the game itself in terms of how it looks and the package itself, and I will say seeing all six of them lined up didn't make it six times better. It still looks really underwhelming. I'm still not impressed by this package at all. I still think the game looks really underwhelming, and I think the gameplay looks underwhelming, and I think the package looks underwhelming. I mean, the game itself just looks ugly, and there's no reason why an alien pinball machine should be ugly. And that's it. I mean, when I saw all six, I'm like, cool, they're working. Cool. They finally showed us the Xeno head working. It works. It still has that awkward moment when it pulls the ball over the targets. It kind of bobbles the ball a little bit. They didn't fix that. So it's like, it's all there though. It is working. You will get a working Xeno head. And I think the fact that they finally figured out a way to make Andrew Highway's game a working game, they fixed a lot of the mechanical issues, is good news to people. I hope all of you people that Highway burned get a game and get a game at a price that you're happy with. Man, imagine if you put that money in Dogecoin. No, we can't do it. We can't can't do it. We can't keep relating all pinball purchases to Dogecoin. We will go mad. We all would have been millionaires. It's crazy. Like two years ago, if we didn't buy a pinball machine, if we just put one Stern LE, and this is crazy, one Stern LE into Doge, you'd be like 1.5 million up instead of a Stern LE. I know we're all kicking ourselves. We're all kicking ourselves. Okay, I'm going to go back to this. So Pinball Brothers is getting it done. The games are going out. They're going to slowly roll out. I don't know how many they can make, though. And, you know, that's the other question. How many games a week can the Pinball Brothers make with this Italian manufacturer? I'm not sure. Six games doesn't make me feel like it's super efficient, but they are getting it done. But I'm also not that excited about this game. When you watch the gameplay video, I mean, go look at the video they put up. Go look at the actual gameplay footage. 
it looks so underwhelming. The balls are just kind of floating around. It's all wide open. It's a wide open, wide body game. And without Hilton standing over this game saying how amazing it is and how it's the best game ever, I think people, when it comes to Alien, I think the atmosphere of the game is really cool. I know the music is amazing. I know the sound effects are great. I know that the callouts are really awesome. But the gameplay itself, I'm curious to see what people think about the gameplay of Alien as more people get this game. Because remember, most people never got their Alien. And most people haven't played this game working. It was always broken at shows. So we will finally get a working alien for the community to react to, which is good news. You know, I was going to move on to Dutch Pinball next, but I don't think there's any real Dutch Pinball news. Uh, over at American Pinball, I once again am wondering where is the next title from American Pinball. This would have been a perfect window. I have not heard back from David Fix about accepting my offer to join the show. I will reach out to him and Michael Grant to see if we can get American Pinball on this show. Doing interviews is harder for me, so if we can make it happen, it better be worthwhile. You know, we've proven over the last year we don't need interviews to win Twippies. We don't need interviews with George Gomez, with Gary Stern, with, with Ed Robertson, with all these people. We don't need Zombie Yeti. I mean, I love all these people. I think these people do great stuff in pinball, but the fact is majority of them, the majority of them are not allowed to come on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Just think about that for a minute. The majority of these grown men who work over at Stern and work on pinball, Ed Robertson won't come on the show. I love you, Ed Robertson. I know you're listening right now. Ed's afraid to come on the show because of how it will make him look to his buddies at Stern. Zombie Eddie can't come on because of the stuff I've said about Stern. Zach Sharp won't come on. George Gomez won't come on. They've all been reached out to over the last year, and they all said no. And they all appeared on the Super Awesome Pinball Show, and they did great interviews, the Super Awesome Pinball Show. They did. Those interviews are great. They asked all the tough questions. We all wish those interviews would happen when the show began. We didn't have to go through an hour of stuff to get to them, but that's how they wanted to do the show. But those interviews were great. But you know, you know, the best interviewer in pinball is Canada. And my door is always open for these people to come on, but they're not gonna come on because I'm about to somewhat, somewhat spoil what their plans are. And this is why you love Canada's Pinball Podcast because you would rather me tell you stuff you know they don't want me to tell you than to have them come on here and justify $1,000 toppers and justify these prices and talk about stuff as if like, oh yeah, it's really hard, Canada, getting all the licenses and the assets and we had to put that Jeep like that in Jurassic Park and we couldn't, I don't buy any of that. I don't buy any of it. For the prices of these games, they could get more into these games. Okay, so what's next? So before I go on to what is next from Stern and Spooky, I also wanted to talk about my first impression of Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition because my friend Steven Jacobson in New York City, he got a Collector's Edition delivered to him by Cointaker this week. And I want to give a very special shout out to an amazing couple who does the white glove service for Cointaker. I want to give a shout out to Erica and Andy who set up my friend's game. It was really nice meeting both of you. And I'm so happy that he was able to get his game set up by people who know what they're doing. Because trust me, my friend's the biggest Guns N' Roses fan, but he has no idea. 
He has no idea how to set up a pinball machine. He has no idea how to adjust the tilt. He has no idea how to do this, how to do that, how to download the code, how to set up the topper. And believe me, a lot of people who get into pinball, a very, very large amount of people who buy games are buying their first game or maybe their second game in a very long time, but they're not people who wake up every day and want to work on pinball machines. Now, my friend has the Data East Guns N' Roses right next to the new one. Now, let me give you my impressions of seeing the collector's edition for the first time. So, without a doubt, this in my mind is the second most beautiful pinball machine I've ever stood over. The second most. I still consider the Magic Girl that John Papaduke made that doesn't work to be the most aesthetically pleasing pinball machine I've ever stood over. It's just something about that game, the Zombietti artwork, the way it pops, the way it comes at you, though even like the screen and all the weird stuff going on in Magic Girl makes it so interesting to look at. It's the worst game ever though. <laughs> it's the worst game on planet Earth. Do not do not go after one. Even if you think it's going to be a collectible, it's the worst pinball experience. Second to that game is this Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. And my God, I think the one word that came to mind is this thing is bling. Like it's shiny. It's got gold sparkle. Everything about it, the armor, it's just perfect. In a lot of ways, they really went over this game and they made sure that this collector's edition, it's just beautiful. Everything about it is very cohesive. I love the color selection. I love the armor. I love the skull on the shooter rod. I love the roses by the action button. I love the glossiness of the rad cows. I the gold sparkle play field is just one of these things you don't understand how amazing it is until you actually stand over it. And with the lights in this game, the way the lights hit those sparkles, it's just, I, I, I really, I know you guys with the LEs want to feel great and you should feel great. It's still a masterpiece game and you should feel good about your LE. But this CE is such a level above any other game I think Jersey Jack's ever done. I think it's the nicest Jersey Jack game by far. And it's also probably maybe the nicest pinball machine ever. I it, It's the nicest pinball machine that works ever in terms of what it looks like and the overall package of the game. Now, for some of you out there, you're like, Kaneda, this is not a work of art. This is a pinball machine. What was it like to play it? And did you enjoy it again, playing it in a home environment? Now, I'm gonna be completely candid right now. And I'm gonna be completely candid and do not say that Kaneda's flip-flopping on his love of Guns N' Roses, cause I'm not. But I wanna be honest with you. The day I went over to my friend's house, the day I met Andy and Erica, it was a really busy work day. And it was a really stressful work day. And I was actually doing a lot of work while they were setting it up. I was on conference calls. We went to lunch. We had to rush through lunch. I had to get back for another conference call. I'm working on creative ideas that weren't working so well. So I was really stressed out. And when you're really stressed out and you're really not in a great mood, jumping on a pinball machine won't make you feel better. It doesn't make me feel better. And so here I am, it's the middle of the work day. Like I'm, I'm juggling all this stuff. And I really wasn't able to just absorb the game. I wasn't able to walk up to it. I wasn't able to walk up to it in a mood in which I wanted to sort of just lose myself in the game. And I think for a lot of us out there, you know, it's like when you see a movie and you're not in a good mood and you don't really like the movie, maybe because something happened in your personal life, something happened at work, and you just really can't enjoy the content in front of you. 
the way it's supposed to be enjoyed with open mind and open heart. And so because of that, I was kind of like, I only played like maybe five games with him, but here's my take on it after five games. The game shoots tremendously well. I, I'm, I'm so tired of seeing people saying like the shots in Guns N' Roses are not there, that there's no this, there's no flow, there's no that, there's nothing to shoot at, there's nothing to hit. That is not the truth in my book. My observations of playing Guns N' Roses is there is a lot to shoot. And most of the shots in the game are very smooth. And the game itself is like absolutely, I still think it's a masterpiece in its presentation. I really do. Now look, obviously playing it more and having seen this game for a few months now, Obviously, some of that honeymoon phase is wearing off a little bit and the light shows you get used to it. You get used to everything over time. And so it didn't have the same like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this for the first time because I'm not seeing it for the first time. I've seen it before. So there was that part of it. Like it didn't, you know, I wasn't whiskey in hand. I wasn't drinking beer. I wasn't ready to walk up to a rock concert in a box. The other thing that I'm starting to feel a little bit with Guns N' Roses is now all of us out there who have one and want to get into this game, now we have to go learn what this game is all about because it's much more than just starting a song and seeing pretty lights. And when you play the game, and I could tell this like as my friend was like a casual who just got the game delivered, it's not the easiest game to understand. It's not the most intuitive game out there. There's a lot going on on the screen. There's a lot of shots in the game. There's a lot of inserts. There's a lot flashing at you all the time. It's not easy. Like the way Keith makes these games, the level, the learning curve to get into them is so high for the casual player that I almost felt bad for my friend because I'm like, I don't really know where to start other than, okay, buy your third ball. You'll probably be able to start a song if you just hit the scoop. I was explaining to him where all the band members were and how to do that. And you got to collect the band members and you got to do this. But then you get into like the different layers of patches and how to lock balls and pyro and lights and amps. It's a lot. It really is a lot. And it requires a degree of understanding that, you know what? Most people are just are like, what? Like, I don't I like just like, can I play? Can I flip? Can I experience something fun? And so that's the reason why I think a lot of Jersey Jack games are appealing to homeowners because there is so much in it. There is so much that will make this game a, a long-lasting game in your collection, but it's also still very intimidating. I was surprised at how even myself was very kind of confused as things were happening and all this stuff is going on. Now that I'm seeing more of what's in the game, I do wish it was still a little bit simpler and maybe I'm still in love with the simplicity of a game like Batman 66, which has a lot in it, but it's a lot easier to understand in Batman what I'm doing, like where those things are, like where those shots are to do stuff. And I think in these games, because there's so much, you know, you don't really know. You don't really know like what doors do I need to get through? How many doors are there? How many shots? How many combos? What do I have to hit where? It's all very, very, very underwhelming at first. Now, I'm not going to indict this game as being like overly confusing and like it just turns me off, but this has always been a little bit of a problem for Jersey Jack Pinball, and I think it continues to be a bit of a problem for Jersey Jack Pinball, is their games just aren't immediately satisfying because there's so much confusion going on. And this game gets around that a little bit for obvious reasons because at least you're going to start a song. If anything, you will most likely experience the magic of a song and a mode and a light show because of how the game is coded. 
But man, everything else, everything else you need to do in the game or the objectives of this game, it's just not that intuitive and it doesn't jump out at you. The other thing I noticed is there's a lot of lights that we love in this game and there's so much going on and it is beautiful. It also does create somewhat of a level of confusion of like, what am I shooting where? And again, I felt this when I was playing the game because now that I'm trying to hit shots and I understand that the little screen in the back is telling me what my shots are, I did walk away a little bit. Again, it was a day in which I was a little bit bummed out, but I did walk away feeling a little bit like there's just so much to shoot. I'm not really sure what I'm shooting. Now there's like four or five balls going and you're just sort of like flailing away a little bit. You know, I didn't mind the multi-ball at all. Like I know that you need the multi-balls. I know why they're there. I did feel like I experienced some of that like chaos that some of you out there just don't like. Like you like a game with more control. You like a game with more feel. And that's the big thing. I mean, that's the big thing in this industry. I think if you look at a game like Guns N' Roses and then you look at Stern's good games, I think it boils down to one thing for me, one thing for me. I mean, other than like the presentation and the quality, but the most important reason why I think people would just skip over Jersey Jack games for a Stern game is just feel. I think the feel of a Jersey Jack game to me is almost like a luxury car. Like it's very smooth, it's very polished, it feels very solid, all these things are happening, it feels very premium, but it's lacking some of that feel. And that feel for some of you out there is everything. You know when you drive in a car and it's a luxury car and it, it, it could be fast, it could be a beautiful engineered machine, which is what a Jersey Jack machine is, but there's something missing a little bit in the feel of the steering wheel. And that's what I feel a little bit like with Jersey Jack games is like it's a little numb. It's a little numb to the touch. And I don't know how you improve that. Isn't it weird to say that too? Because you're actually not feeling anything in a pinball machine. You're really not. You are, your hands are on a button and you're on wood and you're on the, the, the armor, but your hand's not touching the ball. You're not throwing the ball up the play field. But there's, you know what I'm saying? There's just a little bit of a disconnect where I think Stern machines and the way Stern flippers work and the way Stern games shoot is much more sort of snappy. You have more feel, more control. You almost feel more like you're inside that ball and you can control where it's going more than when you play a Jersey Jack machine. I know this sounds really weird and maybe I'm describing it weird, but when I shoot like an Avengers or a Jurassic Park and then I shoot Guns N' Roses, you know, one feels like it's tighter it's got a little bit more control, it's got a little bit more snappiness, and I, I can anticipate more what's going on in the game. In Jersey Jack games, I mean, I love Guns N' Roses, don't get me wrong, I love it, I'm still gonna get it, I'm never gonna sell it, but there is a little bit of that disconnect, that the balls are floating around and I don't feel as much control, I don't feel like the kinetic energy between the ball, the playfield, and the flippers as I do in a stern. And that's not to say like the games are bad, it's just different feel. CGC has a different feel to its game than, than Stern and JJP. So it is like American Pinball. So all these companies, it's a unique thing about a pinball company is they each have a different feel. And I think that is the number one reason why Stern has such a big fan base. You know, I think that's the number one divider is like some people just can't get over the way a Jersey Jack game feels. And then I would say the second big thing that keeps people away from Jersey Jack machines other than theme is just they're too complex. They're too deep. Like it's just too much going on and you just walk away feeling overwhelmed. And that's a big issue. 
And I think Guns N' Roses solved some of it, but man, go stand over at Guns N' Roses and look at the amount of inserts. Look at the amount of stuff there is to shoot and do. Some people get excited by that, but some people get extremely overwhelmed by that. And I mean this, coming from Batman 66, I do miss the simplicity of knowing that these two shots are the Catwoman shots. These two shots are the Riddler shots. This is the Penguin shot. And there's inserts and lights that show me and indicate to me what I'm doing. And it's easy to understand. It's easy to tell other people who play the game, this is what you do. And then I stand over Guns N' Roses and you kind of just like shoulder shrug, throw your hands up in the air and are like, well, it's just a lot of stuff. It's beautiful. There's a lot going on, but I have absolutely no idea what the hell is where and why. And, and again, it's because I'm a newbie, but it begs the question, should a newbie be able to stand over a pinball machine and be utterly confused? And I think that learning curve is still a main reason why. You know, people look at Jersey Jack games and they shoulder shrug a little bit. They're like, this isn't this isn't the best way to deliver pinball because it's overly complex and there's too much on the screen and there's too much. Do we need all this? Do we need patches? Do we need that? Do we need this mode? Do we need the real trick is how do you have a lot in a game and make each thing feel meaningful? And I can't wait to explore more of Guns N' Roses to see if I feel that meaningfulness with all the different stuff in the game. I mean, I felt it with Batman 66 code. It's why Lyman is a genius. I actually prefer Lyman over Keith when it comes to coding, just because I think he knows how to give you a lot, but not make it utterly confusing on how to get to most of it. Now, this might get simpler as I learn it. So keep in mind, I've only played about maybe 50 games of Guns N' Roses, but I now need to learn it. I need to learn what to do and where everything is. And I'm sure the game will become more enjoyable for all of us as we learn this game. But it's a stellar game. It's a beautiful game. I don't expect Guns N' Roses CEs to leave people's collections just because of how mesmerizing it is. It's just one of these special games that really is once in a lifetime. It has raised the bar on the pinball experience. It hasn't raised the bar on like shot geometry or flow or, or toys or any of that stuff. But in terms of experience, what this game does is truly magical and I can't wait for all of you guys to play it. All right, so let's end this show with what's next from Stern and Spooky Pinball. And as I said, Stern is going to do it again. They're about to clobber everybody with a juggernaut. It's coming. It's a juggernaut. It's going to be big. It's going to be bigger than big. Your money will be going to Stern Pinball come this May. Okay, do you hear me right now? Your money will be headed to Stern Pinball come this May. Unless Brian Eddy messes it up. I mean, that's that's really the caveat. You are all going to want this theme unless Brian Eddy and Stern messes it up. Unless they go cheap on it. I haven't seen the game, but I know that you're going to want this theme. Okay? That's just the first thing I'm going to say. It's not based on a movie. So I'm going to give you that hint. It's not based on a movie and it's not a music pin. So let's start there. It's not a movie and it's not a music pin. So it is not Back to the Future. For all of you out there hoping for Back to the Future, it is not Back to the Future. It is a contemporary theme, which means it is something that has come out recently over the last few years. It is something you all know. It is something you all love. It is something that you are going to want. If I were a betting man, I think Stern's going to sell every LE out in day one. 
And if I were a betting man, I think Stern is probably going to offer more than 500 LEs of this game because of how big the property is. We've seen them do that before a few times. So I think that is also going to happen. There's no way they're only going to make 500. I mean, I would doubt it, but I think Stern knows they have a property that is huge. Okay. It is huge. And here's the good news about this title. Here's the good news about this title. You're not going to have to wait very long. So if you're thinking about buying a pinball machine this week, don't. If you're thinking about ordering an Avengers this week, don't. If you're thinking about ordering a Guns N' Roses this week, don't. You are going to see this game. Are you ready? Canada's Pinball Podcast. Please source me all of you other pinball podcasts that, you know, this is about like the, you know, you get another hour to go if it's another pinball podcast. No, you don't need an hour to talk about what people want to hear in pinball. So, so I'm hearing this game will be shown to the world the first week in May. So if you are waiting to see what Stern's new game is, it is going to be revealed to the world the first week in May. Now, I don't want to say anything more than that. And I think for those of you out there, you can make your guesses. You could try to figure out what it is. But I also don't want to spoil what the theme is. I don't want to tell you exactly. It's going to be this. Because if I do that, I do think that undermines all the hard work of the people who have been working on these things. I know they're excited for you to see this stuff. They're not excited for Canada to have this information. And this is my sort of olive branch, if you will. Now, I could just come out and say what it is. I think you guys will be smart enough and be able to figure this out. Contemporary theme, not a movie, not a music pin, huge juggernaut theme. Get ready to give Stern your money. This is music to the ears of Cointaker, to Zach Many, to all the distributors out there. I'm telling you right now, go call your distributor and get on the list for an LE. You're going to want this theme. Now, just get on the list because if the game's a dog, if we get another Stranger Things, if the game is not what you think it should be, that's fine. You can always get your money back, but don't get locked out of this one. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one. Okay, so Spooky Pinball. So what is next at Spooky Pinball? So again, same thing here. I am not going to ruin Spooky Pinball's next theme, but I will give you some details. The game is coming out in June. Now, I don't know if the game's going to be on the line in June, but Spooky is going to reveal this game in June. So that's great. So we have a new Stern in May and a new Spooky in June. What a great time to be into pinball, right? Awesome. Awesome. Now, I heard that Spooky Pinball's game was a mainstream movie property. Now, I'm here to tell you that was a little misleading. Spooky's next game is a mainstream property. It's a property you all know. You grew up with this property. It's spooky themed, if you will. Um, it's not horror based. So if you think it's like a horror, like Friday the 13th or something like that, you're wrong. It's not Night of the Living Dead. It is spooky themed. It's fun. It's campy. It's, it's like a joyous theme. It's not going to be like some dark horror kind of thing. Is it contemporary? Is it not? Nah, you know, it's always been around. Like this, this property has always been around. And again, it's something that makes a lot of people smile. It's something that makes a lot of people laugh. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think it makes perfect sense for Spooky to make this game. I think it's going to have nostalgic appeal, but I also think it's going to be like a really colorful, fun, vibrant game from Spooky Pinball. And that's all I'm going to say on it. And I think this game also, when they reveal it in June, is probably going to sell out immediately. It's not as hot as Rick and Morty, but it's a property that's been around for longer that has fan bases that span generations. 
And again, I just think it's going to be fun and campy. And I think Spooky has realized that if you want to sell games and you want to get people excited, this is what you do. You give people stuff that makes them feel good, like Rick and Morty. You know, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, like that stuff is too niche. It's too like, oh, it's music, but it just makes you angry on some level. Like Nightmare Castle's fun. It was a fun game. But I think this is going to be another game where Spooky learns and improves. I expect this game to have way more in it mechanically than Rick and Morty did. This is going to be a game that has more toys in it. It's going to be a game that flows better. It's going to be a game that finally, I think, Spooky has heard the feedback that stop making these games so damn brutal. Like, that's not fun. Like, and this property is something you grew up with. It's not something you want to jump on and struggle just to have, like, a, a two-minute ball time. Like, you want to be in this game and in this world. And I can already see, like, what the toys could be. It's going to be fun. I, I really do. I think this one is also going to be the perfect theme for Spooky Pinball. Godzilla is not next from Stern. I, I didn't say that, but it's also not Godzilla. Um, so take that off the table. So look, here's my point. Is this summer, you're going to see, I think, two great games from Stern and from Spooky Pinball. And I think this is why we love pinball, because we love the options that these companies are going to give us. See, this is why I've been saying to people, stop looking at the past. Stop looking at what's come out over the last couple of years and chasing after things and spending two, $3,000 over on Jurassic Park or $30,000 over on a Pirates of the Caribbean. There's no point. There's no point. The best way to enjoy this hobby is to look at what comes out, play what you love, try to jump on everything, but buy themes that you love. And here's what excites me about what's coming from Stern and Spooky is these are themes people really love. Like a lot of people really love. This isn't stuff that like just a few people like. This isn't like the comic book version of something that you love. This isn't like the movie that you love without the assets. Like this is stuff that you love. Now the big question will be, what kind of assets will Stern get in this juggernaut theme? You're gonna need to have stuff from the property. Like you're going to have to see it. It's not going to work without it. So I'm curious to see how much they get. Now, if history tells us something, I think they're going to get all the assets they need for this one. This isn't going to be like a Jurassic Park without the clips. So that's, that's a good thing. Same with Spooky. I think they're going to have everything in it that you're going to want. I don't think it's going to be without anything. So that horse race I was talking about, Stern, Spooky, and JJP, they are firing on all cylinders. Where is everybody else? right? It's three horse race people. Look at everybody else. Like, look at Deep Root. Like, it's over. It's over. Deep Root's going to see this title by Stern in May, and it's just over. Like, you can't compete with 130 Raza orders. You can't spend millions of dollars on animation studios in Utah and all this money down in Texas, and no one knows what's going on. They can't even get, Deep Root Pinball can't even get six games lined up that are made the way the Pinball Brothers could. Like, the Pinball Brothers, just two dudes who were like embarrassed by Andrew Highway, they're more effective and efficient than all of Deep Root. That, that's pathetic. Like, it's not even worth talking about. Where's Chicago Gaming Company? We know it's Cactus Canyon, Ryan. We know it's Cactus Canyon Remake. It's going to be the most underwhelming reveal because we know what it is. Great, it's Cactus Canyon. Great, it's got a wide screen. Great, you added more code. So what? Stern's about to clobber that theme with something that millions and millions, probably billions of people love right now. And you're going to come out with an old game that we've waited for two years now. And it's like the cat's been out of the bag for so long. Why don't you show us what Mark Ritchie's been working on all these years? That sci-fi thing you're working on. Is it Gremlins? It's probably Gremlins. Is the cat out of the bag? 
American pinball, like this is it, man. This is it. David Fix, this, this is it. This is how you flex, David Fix. This is how you flex. The first week in March, David Fix, like I want to just have a camera on David Fix's face when Stern reveals this game. And, and then David Fix can tell us all about how he's got Dennis Norman and Zofia and all this stuff happening. But where is it, bro? Where is it, bro? You can't flex like this. You got to come out when you have something. You got to drop a game out in the world. That's when you flex. And Stern's not just going to flex. They're going to do what they do. They Stern and burn everybody else. They're just going to clobber everybody else with this stuff. And it's going to keep coming because here's what's crazy. You weren't even expecting to buy the next Stern. You all were expecting to buy Keith Elwin's Godzilla. Now they are going to get your money and then you're going to want to buy Elwin's Godzilla and then you're going to want to buy Back to the Future when they make it because they are making Back to the Future and then you're going to want to buy Lord of the Rings remake because they are going to remake Lord of the Rings. This is just not going to stop. It's not going to stop. So don't be stupid and spend three, $4,000 on toppers because Stern Pinball is going to keep serving you up what they know you want. Jersey Jack Pinball, yes, but they can't serve it up fast enough. I mean, we're not going to get Toy Story to next year. They can't even get Guns N' Roses made in time. So like Stern is just going to keep clobbering everybody. They don't have 90% of the market, people. They have 95% of the market. There is no market other than Stern. It's a monopoly. They really have it all. No, it's not a monopoly. I mean, I'm getting a little dramatic here. I've had a cup of coffee, but, but you know what I mean. But I'm happy to see these three companies dominate. They really are. There is something for everybody in just these three companies. There is something from Stern and Jersey Jack and Spooky. If you can't find pinball enjoyment from those three companies, then what are you even doing here? And the other thing is this. We don't need other companies. We don't need all these other companies. And these other companies need to look at what these three companies are doing and say, how can we do as good, if not better? They need to. And if they can't figure it out, then get out of pinball. We don't need more than four or five games a year. And these guys will deliver, seriously, four to five new games a year will come out from these three people, probably more like six or seven. And is that not good enough? We need, we need 10 games? We need 15 games? We don't. We don't. So this is good. I can't wait. First week in May. You heard it here first. Canada's Pinball Podcast. Later. Singing out. Oh, 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 oh.